Hello, and welcome to episode 155 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And you know what 155 means, right? Yeah, it means next week is our uh, three-year anniversary. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna do. I don't I don't know what like what anniversary that is. Like, I don't know if that like counts as like the paper one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have yeah. anything special planned for next week. So. No, no. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll maybe I'll send you a cake or something like like uh, we're TikTok or something. <laughs> uh, with a big three on it, you'll just come home yeah. and like, what is this? Um, but I'll put my yeah. face in it. <laughs> <laughs> content uh, <laughs> so um this week uh we are going to talk about kind of random odds and ends like this is that weird time where wizards is actually closed i actually saw uh what is it is it brett or brad rasmussen mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, uh saffron Olive was like oh maybe they're gonna like do the alchemy update this week and he's like yeah our office is closed till wednesday so probably not yeah. Uh, so Wizards <laughs> has been closed for the last like two weeks. Yeah, I know. I know they close before Christmas and through New Year's. So. Yeah, so yeah, there's not been a there's not been a whole whole lot. So we're gonna talk about um, some changes that uh, may that are coming to Magic Online and how they may or may not impact Magic Online and kind of the larger Magic ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then uh, big shakeup in the coverage world. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this episode's gonna be a little newsy and a little have you watched uh What If on Disney? Um I have not. Hannah did, I did not, uh, I need to. But yeah, very much like what if this happens, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's worth watching, you should watch it. Yeah. I there are so many like I need to watch The Witcher still. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like oh, I'm way behind. Hey, yeah, Hannah started watching. I was like, I was gonna watch that with you, but like she, <laughs> so I always feel bad. Here we go behind the curtain. I so she has to come home and do notes a lot. Yeah. So I feel bad if like I have something on that like she's gonna get sucked into. Yeah. Because it's gonna make her notes take way longer. Right. Or vice versa, if she's super focused on her notes. She's not gonna pay attention. She's not gonna pay attention watching. to the thing. So yeah. like she like her current background show mm-hmm. or thing is she has watched the wheel of time yeah like start to finish like six times <laughs> um so uh she's yeah. a big fan then huh big fan but it's yeah. just a thing that's on so she's like not so uh I, we've not sat down to like watch the witcher so yeah. we need we need to make that happen anyway anyway if you have some magic-y stuff that you want us to talk about, uh, you can get us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. We basically were at a point where unless something wacky happens, Wizards is giving us no content uh, right. until like the end of this month, beginning of next month. Well, so, we should be getting spoilers like next week or the week after next, I think. No, I looked before. There's only like two weeks before they... Uh, release the set so it's only like oh wow yeah we, we looked only last get a week, week of spoilers this time yeah or 10 days it's super short wow all right uh, so yeah we got a we got a couple weeks where we need uh we need filler so let us know what you want us to to talk about and we'll definitely talk about it uh you can let us know on facebook at casual tryhard mtg 
or you can drop us an email show at casual Um Also, I would like to take a moment to remind everybody that we have a TCG player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com head over there if you're looking to pick up any singles or magic whatnots uh, just navigate to the TCG player website using that link and anything you purchase will get a percentage of to help keep the show going and if you guys want to support us a little bit more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg patrons get early access to our show notes so you know what we're going to be talking about that week um I guess if you give us show ideas, you'll also know what we're going to be talking about that week. But that's besides the point. Uh, patrons also get access to our pre-show, where we spend an hour-ish uh, just kind of shooting the crap, checking our mics, make sure all the settings are correct, whatever. Because we're old and sometimes these techie things break and we don't really know how to fix them quickly. So we do, do all that in the pre-show and you get to listen to all of it. It's great. Um, patrons get access to that. You also get put on my mailing list. Uh, usually, like every other month, I'll you know mail something out to the patrons. It's kind of a grab bag. Um, I tend to do them like in like series. So the first ones that went out like all throughout last year were uh, good luck basic lands that I had scribbled on and put our logo on, and people seem to really like them. And uh, this time around, they're super cool. I don't want to spoil it, but maybe if one of our patrons wants to, uh, you know, take a picture of the f- the last give back they received and post it up either on social media or on discord or something and give everyone else a little taste of what they're missing they're They're more than welcome to. Uh, speaking of which we have our discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. If you want to come join the conversation, uh, Discord's probably the best way to, or the quickest way to get a hold of me. Um, I know you, you're on there quite a bit also, but I tend to monitor Discord pretty frequently throughout the day. Um, there's a whole room in there dedicated to show ideas. So if there's something that you want to hear about, hop over there, you know, post it up. And a lot of times, if it's just something quick, I'll just answer it. Um, but if it's, you know, something that we're going to have a big conversation about, I'll save it for the show. So hop on our discord, let us know what you're thinking, what you want to hear about, especially for the next two weeks or so, cause content's a little thin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spoilers start January 27th. Wow. That's a ways from now. Yeah. It's like three weeks. It is. It is yeah. crazy. Oh, um, so I think we've got through all this stuff. Random question first. This mm-hmm. might have been pre-show material. So my brother got me packs of magic cards. Okay. So I, so I opened my first packs of magic cards in, Ooh, like, in a long time, right? A long time. Um, like, I feel like, have they changed how they make packs? Or did I just get, like, a bunch of Japanese packs? Because, like, the packs I got were, like, super loose and baggy like when they're from the japanese like printings yeah so like do they just do them all the packs like that now was the order backwards yes okay so those were japanese packs then okay that's what i thought because they they had the super loose because he he bought it from the the new branch of our local game store Ooh, the one out in conway Yeah. yeah and i was like i was like going through it opening them and talking to him about cards and 
I was explaining Raghavan, and he was like, that sounds dumb. He hasn't played Magic in, like, 20 years. He's like, that sounds stupid. Like, yeah. very good. You yeah. apparently could work R&D. Um, well, no, he couldn't, because he couldn't. if he thought it was stupid, then, like, R&D yeah. obviously thought it was a good idea. Yeah, but uh, he also was watching me, and I got the, like, blank cards for, like, the flip oh, cards, yeah. and he was like, did you get gypped? I'm like, no, no, no. I had to explain to them what they were for. <laughs> he had never seen a flip card before. But like, so oh, that's yeah. just, so that's just a thing that's happening maybe more often now. Cause like, that's only happened like one other time. I can remember like the um, super loose packs. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's more frequent than it used to be. It, I mean, it depends on like how your order gets filled, I guess. Yeah. But I was, like, I was like, yeah, these are Japanese packs because they make them. So they go in a vending machine. Yeah. You can also, um, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. Anymore? Like, it, it, it used to be the Japanese packs were, like, they were just different, and they, like, had the hole in them, and, like, they were meant to be in a vending machine. Um, the new ones, I don't think we get those anymore, unless they're Japanese language cards. The Japanese language cards might still come like that. They were um, English. Yeah, they print English cards at the Japanese yeah. um, place also, and they use um, the same, I don't know what you want to call it, materials, processes, whatever, but mm -hmm. the, the packaging is slightly different be, because there's no vending machine, so they, yeah. don't, they don't leave the extra room at the top with the hole punch thing in it. This, th these were definitely looser, but yeah, I was like, I was like, these, I was like, I was like these are Japanese packs. Yep, it should like, say oh. on it. I like didn't look you, that close, but I was just like, up, it'll yeah, say just like made in where Japan. it was made. Yeah, I was like, was like hmm. yeah, but it was it was weird. I was opening packs and I was like, huh, and like explaining to him like, oh yeah, this is this is what cards do now. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, good old Sarah Angel. I'm like, basically unplayable even in limited. Uh, uh yeah. yeah, I mean four, it's four, a welcome deck card now. Yeah, four four flying vigilance at uncommon. Yeah, I can't play it. Can't take it. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that, that's a <laughs> that's a common power level card now. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was just even that. <laughs> it was just fun opening packs and being like, "Oh, hey, I needed this card for the cube." Yeah. So. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I got a couple cards, a couple uncommons that I didn't have from that set for the cube. I was like, "Good job, buddy." Mm -hmm. Uh So that was good. Um, I did notice um, when I opened my collector box for Vow, mm -hmm. those packs are different. Like the pack material was like thick. Okay. Like really thick and hard to tear and Yeah, he got me like two draft boosters and four set boosters. Yeah. So and I think the draft boosters were the weird ones. And Could then the be. set boosters weren't. Yeah. The set, but, yeah, the set boosters, I was like, oh, this is the order these are supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, it was um it was interesting. I was like, oh, this is what opening packs is like. <laughs> Almost forgot, huh? Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I know you probably have all the cards, but you know it's still fun to open packs." I was like, "It is," <laughs> and opened a Necro Duality right out of the rip, and I was like, "Good job!" Oh, there you go. I was like, "Good job!" Yeah, nice. Um, so after we talk about uh, adventures in pack opening, yeah. um, we're gonna talk about virtual pack opening and uh, Magic, the or Gathering, maybe the lack thereof, or the lack thereof, Magic the Gathering online. So. There's some new stuff that we can like be sure about, mm -hmm. and then there's some speculation stuff that we're gonna do. Baseless, wild, baseless speculation. Everyone's favorite uh, 
subtopic on our show um, (laughs) about what this could mean for the future. And I think I talked about it last time, um, but uh, the Arena Decklist podcast, the one right before Christmas, Mm -hmm. does a uh, goes into a lot of these issues, and I'll bring up some of the stuff that they said uh, in the first like twenty minutes of their podcast about uh, Magic Online. Yeah, Um, and they're both way more enfranchised Magic Online players than we are. Uh, Yeah, I have played very little Magic Online. Um, kind of, as I said, when we were doing our, uh, pauper episode with Brad, I played a little bit of pauper on moto, like, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago. And other than that, I really haven't played any, I think there was a brief stint before arena where I like randomly bought a standard deck and tried to play it on magic online and got really frustrated and kept losing to the interface. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the change is that Magic, uh, the Wizards, is kind of giving the reins of Magic the Gathering online to another company. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good way to put it. They're still maintaining ownership and some control, I would imagine. But yeah, l- letting someone else steer the ship. Yeah, basically they're like, here's our program. Here are our programmers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big part too. Yeah, just basically, you guys are going to run this now. So they've given it to Daybreak Games, and Daybreak is seemingly, from what I've heard and seen and stuff, known for running kind of uh, games that are beloved and have a very dedicated fan base. Mm hmm. But are not the most cutting edge things. So like EverQuest is like a million years old and yeah, Daybreak is literally been, a million years old. And Daybreak has been keeping EverQuest running for years. Mm-hmm. Now, they've basically been like, This version works. We're not gonna do anything to super change anything. Right. Like if you want to keep giving us whatever nineteen ninety five or whatever to yeah. log into EverQuest, we will take your money and allow you to log into EverQuest. But mm-hmm. they don't seem to do a lot to push the programs forward. Yeah. They're almost you can think of them almost as like caretakers. Mm-hmm. Where they're going to, you know, kinda maintain Magic Online for the people that use Magic Online. But I would not expect like a major revamp of Magic Online. Yeah, I mean, I think like the interface and the program itself like doesn't change at all. Obviously, they're going to put new sets on like as they're released. Yeah, I guess obviously, right? Like that's obvious. Yes, they even said that in the in the release that they're going to keep updating going forward. And the Wizards release mentioned that they were going to. try to increase their focus and support for multiplayer um, experiences. So like more commander things or like making the commander interface better okay. uh, is what it kind of like uh, implied. Yeah. But I think the underlying, you know, Excel spreadsheet nature of arena of uh, magic online is not going to change. Yep. 
So on one hand, it's good that Daybreak is a company that has demonstrated the ability and willingness to take these games and not like, you know, slowly choke them out and kill them. Right. But like allow them to kind of maintain the level of support that they have have had previously. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think one of the first things I thought is like, is this a way for like wizards to, you know, hand off the game and let someone else choke it out? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that's Daybreak's MO. Well, I mean, that, that might be wizards intent. Like they just don't care about Moto anymore and they're letting someone else deal with it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that's necessarily Daybreak's MO either. Yeah, because, you know, however the contract is structured, right? Yeah. They wouldn't be taking over Magic Online if they didn't think they could, like, make it profitable for them. Right. Right. So, you know, if they're giving Wizards a certain percentage of, you know, their, their profits or whatever, like, they just want to make money. Yeah. And like it takes it off of Wizards' liability. I think they said they're even switching the servers over. Like it's just okay. all kind of migrating to Daybreak stuff. Yeah. Um. So. But yeah, so I think that Daybreak is just like going to keep the keep the ship like moving forward, but mm-hmm. not doing anything to drastically change or improve things the only yep. thing that we can hope is um that for the people that play magic online that some of the supplemental products actually make it their way to magic online yeah that was one of the things in the article there was a problem with some of the commander cards like getting ported in a like timely fashion yeah they just didn't make it over there yeah so i think this is uh supposed to help that and like so wizards is like the people that work on magic online are moving to daybreak mm-hmm. so they can be like yeah this is this is how this code works and you know if there's if daybreak's able to commit more people to you know get cards to work and stuff yeah like that would be a uh, a good thing like i could see like if i if i bought magic online Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I would want to, at least on the front end, like once I got control of it, like go in and fix as much stuff as possible. Yeah. To get it to a point where like things work. Right. Like work well. And then now I can maintain. Right. Right. It doesn't make sense to get it and like leave it kind of in its, you know, traditional buggy state and then be yeah. like, yep, yeah, this is good enough. It's like, no, like you have the people right now that have the expertise in Magic Online. Let them like fix stuff. And now, you know, a year or two years from now, be like, okay, it works. We can just throw sets on it. So that kind of raises an interesting question that I don't think I had thought of before. Um, I know at one point when Wizards was designing cards, they were like, closely working with magic online to Mm -hmm. make sure that cards that they designed could be, you know, put on magic online. Well, if they don't have the reins anymore and they're not 
like the people that are running it aren't wizards employees anymore like i wonder what that communication is going to be like are they going to start making cards that all of a sudden you know once it's released or whatever like can't be put on magic online i would assume that there would still be communication between the two groups like in the development stage yeah but you might be right like i'm i'm sure that you know mike from magic online who had an office down the hall in the watsi building yeah right like it's like if you could walk down the hall and be like hey man how do i need to word this uh, and he'd be like, I'll do it like this. Cause you know, if you put that comma there, it just breaks the whole game. Um, then that's like, you could get that much faster than like, if you've got to like send them an email or right. do whatever. Like, is there, is the incentive there though? I think like- that if, so if the, if from wizard's point of view, if he wrote a contract that said, we get 30% of all of your profits, right? Yeah. The way you maximize your thirty percent is mac is daybreak maximizing profits, which That's means true. hopefully you put give them cards that they can put on your game. Yeah. Right. But if it's just like, hey, you pay us a flat rate of a million dollars a year mm-hmm. to have the rights to like run Magic Online, then the incentive structure is like not there but i would assume that like a team of lawyers would make it such a thing that like wizards could not actively sabotage magic online well no i mean i I don't think they would actively sabotage it but like if they're making a set and i guess my point is like it's a lot more likely for a ball to get dropped and wizards is really good about about dropping balls yes yes they are no i i agree that like like i said if you know, it's much easier if you have to like walk down the hall and stick your head in someone's office mm-hmm. and ask them a question about formatting or templating or whatever yeah. than it is to, you know, send an email and wait for the response and right. uh, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So you may email just get like, shuffled into the spam folder and yeah, about. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, you're like I got to get I got to know this now. I'm just going to do it this way. Right. Yeah. Or like you're confident that, you know, you have the templating right. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, I've done this like a million times. And then something small about the templating breaks it. And then it's like, right. oh, I guess I should have talked to Mike from Magic Online before we uh, <laughs> before we finalize this. But I mean, as we've seen in the last few years, even printed cards are not proofread. <laughs> that is true. So um, like I'm sure they could go in and fix fix it. But yeah, no, I agree that like moving them out does probably lead to the chance that more things slip through the cracks. Yeah. Um, so more baseless speculation. Um, so what would be I, I? So I said if I got this thing, I'd want it to work. What is mm-hmm. something that you, if you were Daybreak, would want to change about Magic Online? Well, so this is like the whole reason why I thought we'd talk about this on the show, because depending on how you kind of alluded to whatever the contract is between Watsi and Daybreak, depending on how that contract is written and what the like compensation package is, like 
Daybreak might be really incentivized to try and crank out like as much money from this thing as possible. Yeah. And if that's the case, I don't think they maintain the current marketplace. No. Um, obviously, you can't get rid of it because that's kind of the only thing that MTGO has over Arena is like the ability to have a collection and buy and sell cards and trade cards and I mean, I mean uh, it I has think, the whole like back catalog too. Yeah, but. I was gonna say the thing that like that ever makes me think about Magic Online is Modern Legacy. Yeah, right. Like if they had Modern and Legacy on Arena, like mm-hmm. I would have no reason to ever like think about Magic Online. Right. After I put like seventeen thousand dollars into Arena to get all the cards, <laughs> uh, why can't yeah, exactly. Gavin go to college? Well, you see. I have well, these. I have these full art, three uh, D hollow, online, underground swamps. Yeah, or whatever. Right. So. Well, that that was today's secret lair announcement. Did you miss that? Yeah, I did. What was it? Capricorn swamps. Okay. They're doing uh, zodiac basic lands. Huh. That are going to be available all year long. Okay. Like, I guess they're rolling them out one at a time, but they will all be, like, in the Secret Lair store until the end of the year. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Uh, Interesting. But... Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I think it's just, like, the ability to play older formats. But anyway. So, if you were trying to extract as much value from this... Well, why? and also, like, maybe capture somebody like you that would only be interested in it for, you know, the older formats. Um, I think I would introduce, like, an onboard subscription service. Yeah, so the the way that Magic Online currently works is it works like a virtual, uh, you know... Game store. Game store slash, um, gosh, like just the actual Magic the Gathering physical experience in digital. Right. So if when, uh, uh, what was the most recent, when uh, Crimson Val launches, mm-hmm. there are zero of those cards on Magic Online. Right. Right. The only way cards get onto magic online is through opening packs mm-hmm. right or um uh and opening Here's packs either by yeah either by buying them or by doing drafts and then right. they do find their way into treasure chests but that's basically it is like you have to open the packs so just yeah, like the cards on, don't exist until you open them yeah so just like day one when val came out in paper None of those cards existed as singles until someone opened the pack. Right. Right. So that's how Magic Online works. And what ends up happening is those cards all have value, actual monetary value in the form of the the currency on Arena is tickets. And one ticket equals a dollar. Right. So, you know, Raghavan is like 100 tickets or 70 tickets or something right now. Right, it's actually, yeah. So like I think a Ragavan is actually more expensive in 
on a on a re, on Magic Online than it is in paper. So what happens uh, is, is you open a Ragavan in your Modern Horizons two draft. You can sell it for tickets, mm-hmm. and then you can turn those tickets into dollar dues or drafts or whatever. Or drafts, right? Either like, and you can do this with bots, mm-hmm. right? So there are a bunch of people have programmed have programs that allow you to trade with them back and forth. Yep. And then you know there are people that pay their rent off of like Magic Online bots. winnings. Yeah. yeah, and trading with bots, which is wild, right? But all of this value that's happening and money that's changing hands, Wizards gets no piece of. Just like real cardboard. Once Just the packs like are cardboard. open, Wizards has no- nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. See secret layers where they're now selling you singles. Right. Uh, right? So, But for years, they've had no way of capturing that. Right, mm-hmm. getting any value out of this back and forth. And a thing that has happened is there are now uh, tra- uh, loan services yep. where people are like, well, I have this bot. I will let you pay a subscription to me and I will let my bot lend you a certain number of tickets worth of cards. Yep. And then you can keep those cards for as long as you want. As long um, as you... Well, within reason. I, I, well, I think there's usually a cap on a deck. Like, if you order cards for a deck, I think it's usually, like, a week or two turnaround time, and then they want the cards back. Yeah, but you can also, like, um, I think, like, uh, Saffron was talking about, like, you basically can, um, like, you know, like, hey, like, I I have a, you know, 200-ticket limit, mm-hmm. so that costs me $5 a week, and as long as I'm paying mm-hmm. my $5, I can keep the cards. Gotcha. Now, this might be different depending on who you use. But yeah, it's like you can, like, you have, like, a certain number of, uh, a certain time you can keep them. Like, I know the system we used a couple years ago for, like, uh, was, like, it was a time limit associated with it. Yeah. It was, like, you have this many tickets for this amount of time. Right. So if you had 100 tickets... You know, you have like a thousand ticket hours or whatever. You could have a hundred ticket deck for ten hours, or you could have a thousand ticket deck for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, there are different systems, but people are effectively paying a subscription fee mm-hmm. to not uh, wizards or not Magic Online, right? And like they got really popular around the start of the pandemic too, um, where a lot of people kind of stopped playing at their game store for obvious reasons. Um, people that were playing modern legacy, you know, some of the other formats didn't really have like an analog to arena and they wanted to keep playing their format. So one of the ways that they were able to keep playing was to um, use these subscription services to play their format. And I know for a long time, like that some of them were kind of hard to get into. There was waiting lists just to sign up for an account with some of them because the demand for the subscription service outpaced like the cars they had in inventory. Um, like right after MH2 happened, uh, a couple subscription services stopped taking new people. Yeah. It, it happened like around the beginning of the pandemic too. Because yeah, basically they were stretched so thin on cards 
mm-hmm. that like you would request a card and you wouldn't be able to get it. Right. And they were like, well, this is a bad service now. So we're mm-hmm. going to wait until we increase our inventories. Because, well, basically, everyone's like, I want to borrow a Raghavan. And yeah. it's like, yeah, cool. So does everyone you and else. everybody else. Yeah. So um, we were saying if if we were go, we wouldn't get rid of the marketplace. But if you introduced a subscription service through the client where you could, like, have phantom access to the cards, mm-hmm. right, you wouldn't be getting rid of the bots, right? Right. But you would be offering an alternative to the bots where it's just like, oh, you have your subscription access? You have access to every card. Yeah, I think like at this point, you know, 20 years in or whatever to Magic Online, I don't think you can separate the bots from the economy or from people's like collections, Magic Online collections. And... I don't think that you can really like stir up the pot there at all without having some significant backlash from the people that still use the program. Um, there is, you know, something to be said for like a stable economy. So yeah. I, d- I don't know that they want to do anything to like get rid of that. So I don't think they can just make the, um, the cards real cards like you would get from a subscription service now because that would change um like the economy. Yeah. I mean they they do this already. Yeah. So um what is it called? Uh during Eternal Weekend this year? Yes. Uh you could like spend $10 and for 2 weeks you had access to like every card. Right. Because Eternal Weekend was on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. And they wanted people to be able to participate in Eternal Weekend. So they had like an arrangement set up. Yeah, where, I forgot like, they did that. Or it might have even been free access uh, to the cards for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and they didn't put like a cap on like what format you could play. So you could right. like, you know, during the Eternal Weekend promo, you could have just been jamming standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, well... I have free access to every card. Now I just have to pay for my entry fees. I think you had to buy the Eternal Weekend Pass. Yeah, it, it may it may have very well been, or like yeah. you had to like enter or something. You had yeah. to enter the Eternal Weekend thing, but then they weren't like, oh, you can only play Legacy and Vintage right. with these yeah. cards. It was like, okay, you bought the pass. You have everything now. You, now. you have everything now. Do what you want. Yeah, I forgot right? that they did that. So, and they've done this one, they did this maybe last year as or I guess 2020 for Eternal yeah. Weekend. And they definitely did it in 2021. Yeah. Uh, so, that is something that, that they've demonstrated the ability to do. So, so, what would you pay for that? I think they have, they have seen how much people will pay. So my guess would be if you set it to twenty dollars a month, yeah, or twenty five, you would get like in the fifteen to twenty five range, you would get people doing it, mm-hmm. right? Because right now, um, the again like the saffron olive loan program that he's on is five dollars a week. Mm-hmm. That's twenty dollars a month. 
Yeah. What's his ticket cap though? Uh was it two hundred? Oh, okay. Or something. Uh I don't remember exactly. And I don't know if he actually like I don't know if he like pays for his loan program. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but um but like I think twenty dollars a week is something that people have clearly demonstrated that they are willing to pay. So, right, no, I think that's a good price point. Yeah, if you're competitive with what the, um, gosh, the, the loan services, the loan services, then I think the loan services become less desirable. Yeah. Right, and, and so because like having having done the loan service. The loan service itself was fine, yeah. but like actually interacting with a magic online interface to make it work. Right. Gah. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because like to get cards, you have to go outside uh, the client, outside the client, put the cards in that you want. Then the bot sends them to you. Yeah. And then well, you've the got sends you a request to trade, and then you yes. have to trade, and then you have to like then you have to send them back. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lot where it would just be easier for someone to just be like, yeah, here's my twenty dollars for the month. Yeah, and then you know Chad over there presses a button and says, okay, your beans are on for the month. Yeah, bro, and you just get everything. Bro, thanks for the beans. Here, your cards nerd. And then, yeah, and so that would be much easier and eventually would compete out the loan services. Right. And if you're, you know, a, uh, and if you're Chad or, you know, whoever Daybreak Chad is, right, uh, that's $20 now in your pocket and not in cardholder's pocket. Well, it's more than $20, though, because you're also getting people that probably wouldn't have bought into magic online like in a meaningful way before when they would have had to either sign up for a loan service, you know, or spend, you know, a thousand dollars for a modern mana base. Yeah. A digital modern mana base. Um, They're also going to buy ticks to play in events. Yeah. The only thing is, is, you know, if enough people are using these subscription services, then the cards start to lose value. Because right? Um, right now the cards have value because you can, because loan the loan service, a card holder, let's say, needs yeah. a Raghavan to give to someone who wants it in their loan program. So they want to buy your Raghavan so they can trade, so they can loan it to someone else. I think that having a subscription service like this would get rid of the outliers like Ragavan. I don't know that it completely like nukes the economy though. It probably doesn't because there's probably still people who want to have cards. Well, and on top of that, like you, you the only let me take a step back. The person that would sign up for an in-house subscription service on Magic Online um is probably somebody that either plays modern or legacy you know, in paper and wants to play digitally, but can't because of a, re- because it's not on arena and is somebody that wants to 
play competitively in practice. So they're going to be, you know, playing a bunch of games with this thing. It's not like, you know, they're just going to play it once or twice a month and be done with it. Not at, you know, $20 a month for your subscription. Um, between the rewards for events and the treasure chests, like you can build a collection on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're, you know, sign up for your subscription service for a while, there may come a point where you don't need the subscription service anymore. I don't think yeah. you have to get rid of the bots. You can leave, like the bots can stay and function just as they do. Um, you know, and you can trade out your winnings and work towards building decks or whatever and, you know, maybe get off the subscription service. Yeah, like if you're just going to play like, you know, if you're like, I only play Green Black Depths in Legacy mm-hmm. and you slowly work towards having Green Black Depths and right. then you get to it and you're like, okay, because, I mean, that deck is relatively cheap other than Thoughtseize. Right. <laughs> um, so, like, something you could, like, slowly work your way through. Yeah, that's that's true. That, like, it might be just, like, a way to get people on and playing to, yeah. to increase the customer base. Mm-hmm. But that is, like, the big thing that we could see changing is being like, hey, why are we letting someone else make $20 a week or $20 a month off of our players? Yeah. Why aren't we making that $20 or making an effort to make that $20? I think it's a pretty easy change to make. Like they already have all of the technology to do it. Yeah. You just like every month you just have to buy, you know, whatever the, the pass. I mean, you could do it right through the store. Yeah. You wouldn't even need to do like a true subscription service. You could do it right through the store. You just go in and you, Buy the Eternal Weekend Pass, but it's just the January card pass. Right. And, you know, or whatever. 30 days access. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, hey, cool. I have 30 days access to everything. Yeah. And they just keep doing that over and over and over. And mm-hmm. then that's, you know, money that, that they're getting that's not going to someone else. If uh, if this was this hypothetical thing that, you know, we have no proof of and we just kind of started talking about when we read the announcement if this happens um would they get you i think there's a chance that they would where i could right like i have a finite amount of time right so maybe instead of coming upstairs and playing uh a video game Mm -hmm. right like on my playstation or whatever maybe maybe i'm like oh man i really want to play like legacy and, mm-hmm. like, you know, I buy the pass for the month and then, you know, okay, like, I'll play, like, two games and, like, maybe on Saturday I have, like, extra time and I, like, play two leagues or something. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I could definitely see myself doing that, whereas, like, this is an alternative to playing uh, another video game. Yeah. The thing that I think is cool about the subscription service in relation to legacy particularly is that legacy is such a cool format that nobody gets to play because it's so expensive and has like a huge amount of um like variety of decks in it and i think a subscription service would could highlight that where you know it's probably not feasible for you to play depths one week um snow control the next week 
uh, whatever variant of Delver the week after at your local game store, you could do all of that in an afternoon with yeah. a subscription service on Magic Online. Yeah, I mean, this is something I don't know if we talked about it on the show. The uh, uh, we maybe in the pre-show. What is his name? The the best voice in uh, Magic. The best voice in Magic. Yeah, um, the guy who does like this heavily animated things that talked about the arena economy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brewer's Kitchen. Yeah, Brewer's Kitchen, right? Yeah. Uh, he brought up yeah, that, best like, voice in Magic for sure. Yeah, that he brought up in Ma- uh, that arena stifles like that creativity and exploration because it's yeah. so hard to come to get cards. Yes. Right. A subscription service would do the exact opposite because right. now. You're not limited by like, oh man, I want to try this crazy uh, Crag and Wick Cremator deck, mm-hmm. right? And you're not like, oh man, I've got to come up with all of these cards. You're just like, oh, this is the thing I want to play. Yeah. And you like play a league, and you go like, well, that was bad. Or yeah. oh man, I think that. <laughs> or oh man, I think that was pretty neat. I got to make these changes, and then you just go make, make the changes, and you play another league. Right, and now they're like you said. Now they're getting you. You might have played three leagues with this deck as you were trying to tune it, mm-hmm. and now they got you for three league entries. Right, right. So again, we have no, um, no proof that this is how anything would work or yeah. anything that's in the plans. But if I was trying to extract max value, mm-hmm. right, this is what I would. We would subscription service also um like i don't know what the magic online terms of service are like have they specifically said we will not do a subscription service or whatever but if they're transferring control of the game Mm -hmm. maybe this provides them an opportunity to do a major overhaul of the terms of service now, oh, maybe any terms of service you've ever agreed to basically are like, yeah, you're agreeing to this, but we can change it whenever we want. So yeah. this might not have been an issue, but they no. may have been doing it for like, you know, continuity of the community and whatnot. Like, oh, we don't want to like blow this thing up. But yeah. Daybreak kind of has a chance to do like to have like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So you know in a relaunch kind of yeah yeah so in may when they get full control of things it's going to take a while i think it's going to be may or june before everything is like moved over to daybreak right they might be able to be like okay hey we're gonna do like you know kind of blow it out new launch here are all these changes to make things better yeah um and you know this could be a way that they do that Mm -hmm. and because i can only I can only imagine that while you and I are super geniuses, of course, right. that someone at Wizards <laughs> has thought of this. Bro, make them pay us the money, not goat bots. Screw goat bots. <laughs> Chad gets beans. No goats. Beans. Beans don't go to goats. Beans go to Chad. Right? <laughs> that that has happened. Oh, we have sure. had this conversation yeah. and someone's been like, no. That person may not be at Daybreak. Right. Right. I mean, they might not even be at Wizards anymore, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can only assume that Daybreak was like, why don't you guys make 
them pay you the money and not goat bots. Right? Yeah. And Wizards was like, uh. And Chad's like, bro, I told you, bro. <laughs> um, and so they, so like they had, there has to be a way. But maybe there was something where, maybe there was someone who was like, no, that's not what Magic Online was supposed to be. We have to honor the spirit of it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, and then people are just like, no, no, you don't work here anymore. Daybreak's got to get paid. Yeah. Or like Daybreak's Chad is just way more aggro. <laughs> Beans. Exactly. He's, he's like a case of Red Bull in every morning by 9 a.m. <laughs> just, just on like the edge of a heart attack. And murdering someone. Times. Yes. At all times. Yeah. So maybe he's a little more aggressive, like, no. Don't look I, at that man in his forehead too hard, it'll yeah. blow. I want beans. Yeah. Now. And they're like, <laughs> okay, okay, please, please don't hurt me. Please, please let go of my throat. Please. <laughs> uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like the range of possibilities are right go from nothing changes. Mm -hmm. It is the same broken program. I mean, that's probably the most likely. That is probably the most likely changes that nothing changes, but there's an opportunity for, Hey, we can revamp this Mm -hmm. and it could simultaneously be slightly more player friendly. Yeah. And more profitable. Which right. those two things very rarely ever line up. Yeah. So, so there's like a whole whole other side to this. I don't know how, how deep you want to dive in here. But uh, you're forgetting about the most populous group of Magic players. Commander? Or yeah. The kitchen, or I was going to say, or the, the, the voiceless kitchen table player. Well, I... The, I I don't know how many of the kitchen table players are just kitchen table players. I would imagine a lot of kitchen table players are commander players. Fair. Um, but yeah, commander players. Like Magic Online's the only place where you can play online commander. And mm-hmm. a lot of those decks are not cheap. Even on Magic Online, they're not cheap. So if you could subscription service some commander nerds where normally you wouldn't be getting any of their beans, yeah. now all of a sudden you get digital beans. Yeah, again, like, you give them something, you give them nothing. Right. Right? They pay you for the opportunity to pay you to use the thing. Right. Right. That is great. It's like, I'm getting paid twice. You are. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, like, there's, there are upsides to this. And I think, like I said, I think it works out well for players, right? Mm-hmm. Once commander players have access to more cards and more decks and be able to play more things, yep. it's it's good for the company because now you're getting people to pay you for access to cards mm-hmm. and to pay you uh, to then play in your events. Yep. Because, like, I don't know how many people just, like, open packs on Magic Online. I don't know why you ever would. Yeah, like why like like so people draft and that's like the reason that 
let packs get open for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah like, but no one's going to the store and just spending three dollars on a pack of Magic Online cards and then opening them. No, definitely like, not. Does not happen. So I don't think that changes anything. No, I don't think so. All right. So from Magic Online being a uh, put in a basket and dropped off at the uh, doorstep of Daybreak <laughs> Games. I was like, well... Are you a fireman? Yeah, are you a fire? The meme, the butterfly, yeah. the guy just looking, <laughs> is this a fireman? Uh, <laughs> his magic online gets dropped off. It's like, um, sir, magic online is like 20 years old. You can't just <laughs> leave it at a fire station. Watch me. <laughs> Chad says I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. I'm just going to drop it off here. Send me beans every month. <laughs> right. So we go from that, which is just a great image. We go from that uh, to um, uh, big news in the world of coverage. The end of an era. Yes. Um, so I mean, it technically it already ended. So it kind of it <laughs> ended, ended two years ago, but kind of didn't. Yeah. Um, Cedric, uh, mainly the big one, I think is Cedric, Cedric, yeah. uh, a Phillips on Twitter, uh, announced that he will no longer be working with star city games. So he's not in, be, in any capacity. Yeah. So he's not going to be the online content coordinator. He's not yeah. going to be doing the editing of articles. And most importantly, he will no longer be doing commentary or like running the, the SCG tour. Right. Because it seems as though there will be no SCG tour for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, I had, when this news came out, I was kind of caught a little bit off guard. Um, so I went, I actually didn't see Cedric's full post until like a little while afterwards. And then I found P. Sully's full post and read that a little while afterwards. Um, it was just like a Reddit thread where I saw the news first. Um, then I kind of had to go digging. So I don't remember where all of my information came from. Mm -hmm. But I want to say the term indefinite hiatus was used. Something along those lines. Basically, Cedric was had mentioned on the Receivables that people on his stream were like, yo, man, when's the SHG tour coming back? And he yeah. was like, look, like there's going to be an announcement. I'll let you like, I'm not just going to like tell you random viewer of my stream. And right. in his announcement, he was kind of like, people were asking me and I knew the answer, but I yeah. couldn't say. And like the answer was, it's not nah. coming back. Like there right. is no return of the SCG tour. Right. So like, I can't tell you when it's coming back. Right. Um, so he is planning to try to grow the coalesce apparel brand mm -hmm. and stream more and and it sounds like the receivables might not be an scg joint anymore um i don't know that it was ever a joint i think it was something that scg sponsored heavily but i don't know i think it was cedric and p sully's show but what's his name nick miller was doing the research uh, so yeah but like that might have just been like a freelance thing but it sounds yeah. like they're like they both kind of pump the receivables 
yeah. as a thing they were doing. And Cedric's going to podcast more. So he's kind of taking the 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 most 2020 to 2022 point of view, which is I can be my own boss yeah. and do these like six things right. that I was already doing, but mm-hmm. I can free up eight to 10 hours a day to focus on these things. Yeah. Instead of having to like convince Jerry to write an alchemy article, um, (laughs) I can spend that time doing uh, coalesce apparel or Mm -hmm. doing my stream for three hours or what have you. Yeah, whatever. So um, he had like a quote from Gary might have been the Gary V from like TikTok and YouTube and social media fame that was basically like, you know, it's fine to be a two or a three if you really like believe it, believe in the, yeah. the thing. But like if you think you're a number one, go be a number one yeah. or something along those lines. And he was like, I know I'm a number one. Like yeah. I, I think he was willing to stay at SCG and not be a focal point slash like mm. driving what they were doing. Right. Cause I think that he was very much interested in, you know, building the SCT SCG tour. Yeah. Building and the brand, which he exactly, definitely did, which he had done. Yeah. So I think that he looked at it was like, okay, if you're not going to like use me in the way I want to be used. Yeah. I can just go do my own thing. Right. So yeah. like, you know, I think that it's pretty clear going forward that any televised um, uh, Watsy or televised or streamed Watsy event, mm-hmm. Cedric is going to be doing commentary. Yeah. Right. Like that's pretty clear from now on. Yep. I don't know how much of that stuff there's going to be, but if it exists, like Cedric's going to be doing Cedric stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Um, and so. He's leaving. He also brought up he's moving to Denver, which mm-hmm. he had mentioned on the Risk Leavables. And that segues into Patrick Sullivan is no longer going to be doing SCG stuff. But the main yeah. thing Patrick did was the SCG tour, which hasn't happened in like two years. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is he really wasn't involved with a company like Cedric was. Yeah, he basically was like, I wasn't contracted. I had really had no affiliation with the company right now. So yeah. pretty clean break. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep doing the, the podcast with Cedric. Yep. And yeah, sounds good. Yep. Because um, like, I'm sure if they move to like a, you know, a Patreon type model for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I mean, think about like Marshall uh, from Limited Resources. Yeah. I don't know how much money he's making from the podcast. Yeah. But he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, and they give that thing away free every week. They sure do. So I'm sure if Cedric and P. Selly were doing the risk leavables for the next four years or yep. whatever, that they would uh, be doing just fine if they were like, yo, throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. Though I think Cedric doesn't like Patreon, but 
this might be a time to like Patreon. Um, I think he's brought it up before. Doesn't like Patreon. Maybe not. Anyway, but you know, just hey, like ways to get money that again is not going through like SEG. Yeah. Right, and you know, again, there's nothing stopping SEG from continuing to sponsor the receivables. Right. And like kicking them some money because I mean, limited resources is now brought to you by. I swear it's not shady cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, <laughs> FTX. Yeah. Really not shady, we swear. Um, <laughs> so they, uh, so like there's no reason that like they couldn't sponsor it. Or again, like, you know, the receivables brought to you by Coinbase. Right. Right. You know, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever other thing, you know, uh, P P uh P P silly NFTs or whatever. <laughs> did you know P silly's on Cameo? I did. That's how I know that he's not a fan of Patreon because he went on a big long rant on Resleavables about how he would rather do Cameo than yeah, that's Patreon. right. That's right. That's where it was because it's basically like I can say no. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need. I'm not beholden any jamokes. Basically, yeah. um. But yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting because it's. I think that a lot of us had held out hope that hey, Watsy is really dropping the ball on this OP thing. Yeah. But don't worry, like third parties are going to come up and do these events, mm-hmm. right? So maybe there won't be a pro tour, but maybe like the SCG tour will raise in stature. Right. Because, step in and fill the void. Yeah. And it seems clear that SCG is not about that life. Right. For now, it could be that like, uh, but I thought I saw a thing that they like are coming back. Well, so they're moving to kind of the same model that Wizards is moving to, where they're doing like more of a convention, less of a tournament. Okay, because I've so, seen stuff about, yeah. like, vaccination requirements or, like, negative tests or, like, some argument about it. So they were coming back, but they're not coming back with, like, coverage. The, the, the SCG Con is coming back. Okay. And but, it's being expanded. So, like, we had an SCG Con last month or something, right? And, yeah, and it was, it was over Halloween. Yeah. And... I think there was an announcement last week, maybe, that um, they were expanding it, and the next SCG Con is going to be in like four different cities. Okay. Instead of like just one city, but I don't, and I'm sure that there's like side events and stuff at those things, but I don't think there's a main event like there used to be. Yeah, they're they're going to the like the Wizards model of like. We can hold this thing, right, and remove the overhead of coverage, yeah, and that's not going to impact our bottom line. Well, it's more than just coverage, though, because if you run side events, you use Wizard's new app, where you don't need to man a booth, you don't need to pay, you know, a fleet of judges if you have a whole bunch of little events like 
one judge can run a couple events and you don't need, you know, the big stage with people printing uh, match slips and the whole rigmarole. And you don't have to worry about like pre-registrations. You don't have to worry about uh, like a changing price payout structure. It, there's a whole bunch less to worry about when you're not running, you know, a big thousand man event and just running a bunch of small events and, you know, pick up commander games. Yeah. Fair. So yeah, there so we're definitely moving away from like that yeah. that era of magic. Yeah. Uh even more so cuz like again, what we thought was our backstop has right. gone away. Now, is there a non-zero chance? Oh, are you going to ask the question I was going to ask you? Oh, let's see. Is is was your question is there a non-zero chance that in a year, we're going to uh, the Cedric tour, where he's. That, that he's, is exactly what I was going to ask you: is what are the chances that Cedric and Peace Sully start up their own tournament series or whatever, where they just do all the commentary? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they know all the people. Well, not only do they know all the people, but they also like have experience with running events. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they... I don't know how much running of events P. Sully did. Well, I think there was more okay. of that on the Cedric right. side. Right. But yeah, like, the other thing is, I don't know how good of a hire it is, right? But Wizards hired Huey Jensen to run OP? Yeah. Which, on, on one hand... This is someone who has been in the OP system for like 20 years. Right. And knows, should be able to know what the players want and things like that. But on the other hand, this is someone whose job has been playing a card game. And I don't know if that translates the skills to be able to run a giant organization within an even larger corporate organization. Yeah, I think there's two more points that like need to be addressed with that. Um, the first is that I think Huey is a fine person and he's obviously very talented at magic. And I don't know him super well, so or, or at all. <laughs> so maybe I'm way off base, but for somebody to be like the face of OP, I think you need to have um, a little bit more personality yeah like he, he is just kind of like one-dimensional like yeah I, he's him at all times i mean so think about who was it elena bashow was that her name the french woman who ran organized play for years yeah i i don't think that's what wizards wants anymore but my, my point being like she wasn't like the like the biggest personality no, but she like, wasn't. But like she could run the thing. And yeah. I guess my like the 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 analogy I come to, and I might be wrong, he might be awesome at this, right? Mm -hmm. For every like Larry Bird who was a great player and turned out to be a really good coach and right. also was a very strong like executive in the mm -hmm. NBA, right? There's an Isaiah mm -hmm. Thomas 
who was a great player, a trash coach, and a trash GM. Yeah. Who like murdered two franchises. Yeah. Um, and so like he very well could have the skill set to be a phenomenal phenomenal executive within mm-hmm. corporate culture. He could also not have that skill set and be a phenomenal magic player right. who does not have those skills. And because yeah. like I don't know like if Huey had a day job and if so, what was it? Yeah, I have no idea. Because like I never heard about that. Like I feel like yeah. just because like LSV is more forward facing or like <laughs> public, you've known what LSV's like various like you know employments outside of magic are. Right. Right. He was a game designer. He did uh, all the advertising and marketing or a lot of it for uh channel fireball mm-hmm. right now he's like doing development and like a lot of the ad stuff for yep. uh storybook brawl yep right like i don't know what huey's gig was other than magic player uh, i mean i think that was his gig yeah, so at like, least for the last couple of years he was in the MPL, right? Yeah, so I guess my thing is is like just like I don't think I would make a, a you know, I don't know, uh a a good department chair. Yeah. Uh just because I'm a professor doesn't mean like I have the skill set and temperament to be a good department chair. Right. Right? Just cuz he's a magic player doesn't I don't know if that means he has that that skill set. But they at least hired someone that players can think like, oh, this person's going to have my interest at heart, which also makes me think, oh, this could be the hire that they just hired a cover to wallpaper over the problems. <laughs> we hired Huey. He has your interest at heart. Right. Well, so I had like there was there was a second part to that that I, I didn't get to talk about. OK, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I mean, it's good discussion, whatever. It's fine. Um, but. I don't know. Did you see where I had posted the actual job description from like LinkedIn or wherever it was? Um, I read part of it and thought, how does he have these things? Well, like the very last line explicitly states that they do not want something resembling the old OP. And you're hiring somebody that has 20 years experience in the old OP. Uh, where was it at here? Um, uh, where is that? Also, the understanding that we can do much more to draw large groups of new people into magic play communities that will offer them joy and belonging. Uh, oh, the ideal candidate has a great knowledge and experience of different play communities, both TCG and outside of it. And, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like it sounds very much like they're trying to push the convention aspect and less tournament aspect. And yeah. there was something in there about uh, fostering casual play at local game stores and like all of this stuff that is not related to having 20 years experience in the old OP system. Yeah. So, uh, play programs to oversee director play programs to oversee a full range of play programs that magic offers ranging from high level retention focused competitions to acquisitions focused new suites of social and casual play 
You'll manage a group of play specialists and work with uh, larger teams of product designers, game designers, and our sales and marketing group to ensure that these programs are executed fantastically in hitting the right goals and metrics for growth and retention. And then the uh, the, the last part is what I talked yeah. about before, having the knowledge of and experience in TCG systems. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it is... I mean, maybe that's always a job description, but as someone who has uh, been, you know, enfranchised in the uh, highly competitive retention focused uh, play. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't know how much of that they're going to do. Right. Right. But here's the other thing. Huey gets hired. Mm hmm. Okay, I need to bring in some people that know how to run tournaments. Yeah. Do you call Cedric? Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. Are they tight? I don't know, but Cedric had said on the receivables that he was willing to, like, Wizards hire me. I can do this. I, I think he actually applied for the job. Yeah. Or like, to, which boggles my mind if you don't hire Cedric. Right. Like. He, it le- he took your lunch for like eight years. <laughs> he just yeah. took your lunch money every weekend. You're like, yeah. I'm going to counter program Cedric. And Cedric's like, who are you? I have four <laughs> times your viewership. Go away. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, I don't know how you don't hire him. Or at right. least if you don't hire him. You don't call him up and go like, hey, I want you to like build our brand like you built the SCG brand mm-hmm. and like make like you clearly have a model on how you want to build how you build up people. Right. Let's let's do that. Now, you could also, you know, be like, I can figure out how to do this and not involve Cedric. But. Like it just seems like he would be the more natural fit for that. Yeah, it. I mean, he's definitely, I, I think, a, a better fit. Um, and kind of the point I was making, like the first point I was making with Huey, is that I think there needs to be somebody that's not Morrow doing Morrow things, like somebody with a big personality that's forward facing and is engaging with a community, but like- that like talks about playing the game instead of like, here's the story for Urza's blog. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I think that they're trying to do that with Gavin, right? Yeah. Gavin Verhees. Yeah. Like that seems like with uh good morning magic, which yeah, like, true. uh, which that kind of like that thing kind of like blurs the line between like, playing magic and like behind the scenes design stuff and it's like super accessible and i feel like it started out with like gavin just being bored yeah doing it and now like it's got like full production like value and like watsy got him a nice camera and like the video someone in uh the editing bay yeah but like i feel like that's what they're trying to do with that but like i can see you know like if you if you had a person like Cedric who Huey's like the man at the top who speaks very infrequently. Yeah. Right. 
But Cedric is like your face of like high end organized play. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. And then you have someone else that is your, you know, casual uh, acquisitions uh, 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 person. Right. And they, they talk about that. Then great. But I don't. Like just like Huey does not. You're right. Huey does not strike me as like the person you're gonna put on camera. Yeah, he's not like the charisma guy. Yeah, and I think if you're trying to like drive a brand, drive OP, like give people something to belong to, like you kind of need a charismatic face to run that. Mm Hmm. I I agree, and I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy for it, but we'll see. He he's the guy we got. Um, so going back to, to Cedric and, you know, like he is like, you know, he's just, it's just weird, right? Like Cedric has been part of SEG for as long as we've been back playing magic. Yes. Like, I think he started like a year before I got back into the game. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of, he's always been someone that is there and like associated with them. And yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I will be honest. I have not gone to an SEG, um, uh, the SEG site to yeah. like read an article in like a year and a half. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I visited SCG's site for anything. Uh, when I was selling cards, and I rapidly realized that uh, Card Kingdom beats their buy list, uh, beats SCG's buy list price on every single card. So I just yeah. stopped looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to their site to do like anything. Mm-hmm. So, right, like if you're looking at like traffic on your site to your articles, like okay it's not there like maybe cedric is looking at it being like yeah this isn't super rewarding anymore like we're yeah. not driving the conversation about magic right we're not engaging people because like everything is crumbling around it right but it would be pretty hilarious if like you know it's the cedric tour and he just like <laughs> dusts off like jerry and and uh brian gottlieb i mean they jump on in a heartbeat yeah. I mean, there's also something else to think about. And this mm-hmm. could be, and this is something that we have seen uh, that maybe we don't think about. Right. Like Jerry and, and Brian are, uh, have been reticent to travel right. to events in the past. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we've seen that you can like live stream your, um, uh, your coverage, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you get Brian and, and uh, Jerry and you're like, yeah, you only have to come to like, you know, every third event. Mm-hmm. You can do, you can do two out of the three from your house, right? Yeah. We'll just like, you'll have the trip stream up and then you'll like broadcast over that. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and then we can cut to you guys for commentary, so you don't have to come to site. Right, like, hmm. hey, That's an like, interesting thought. right, like, 
because you know if you're jerry and you're like yeah i've got like he's talking about, like i've got three cats now i can't travel as much yeah like you can go to if they have you know the cedric tour in washington dc you live in virginia you can drive up there for two days like that's not a huge ask yeah. for your cats right but if they do cedric tour denver maybe you don't want to leave for like five days yeah okay tag in be sully or yeah or you just are like i'll stay home and cast this one from the house yeah right and like eliminate that travel situation yeah or like oh hey like i really want to go to like austin so i'll definitely fly to like cedric tour austin to do coverage and i'll find someone to catch it Mm-hmm. Right. So like we definitely could see a different mode of coverage going forward where, you know, yes, you have the setup to stream physical cards. Yeah. But now that person is the people doing the coverage are at home. Right. You don't need the second stage or camera guy or. Yeah. And I mean, even if you are. Uh, what's it called? Uh like, even if there's a delay, like, Twitch stream won't know. Right. Right? Like, it's got to get from you to them to back to you. Like, that's fine. Like, they can be yeah. 30 seconds well, behind. It's not a big deal. I mean, even if it was a couple minutes behind, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and you could also, like, still have Nick Miller doing Nick Miller things. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you could still have someone on site to, like, interview people to make people, like, feel special. Right? Right? So, like, you can still do some of the stuff. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunities to do it. Like, you you would need the setup to, like, stream the things. But, like, that seems, like, doable. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it would, it's, it's interesting because it is, it does feel like organized play has, like, kind of officially all disappeared. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the last, uh, last bastion of hope or whatever. Um, yeah yeah i mean basically it's it's all official now there's nothing yeah there there is nothing for you to look to that you can be like oh if i play a lot of arena i will get i will play more arena yeah yeah now i will (laughs) i will get some cosmetics um as opposed to oh hey if i play a bunch of arena and i get really good with my deck there's a chance i could go to um uh, what's it called? Uh, go to the Pro Tour and like yeah. win a bunch of money. It's like, yay, I, w- I hit Mythic number one. I got five packs and three cosmetics <laughs> and nice. 2,000 gold. Yay. Yeah. And also, I will get made fun of by the pros. <laughs> oh, did you see? Uh, I think it was Channel Fireball's Twitter today. No said something it was like an advertisement or whatever for lsv's articles mm-hmm. and it said something like if lsv can make mythic you can too and it, it had like a you know graphic for you know percentage off of singles or lsv's mm-hmm. articles or something <laughs> so lsv responds to it i haven't made mythic in months <laughs> he made he made mythic at the start of midnight hunt and draft yeah because he was uh one of the first to realize that at the start of the format you could force blue black yeah every single draft he forced blue black 20 drafts in a row yeah 
and went to Mythic. Yeah. So I think like in two, like probably been three months. Yeah. I, I just thought it was funny that he responded with. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, the, the people that are paying you, <laughs> you just kind of blew their Twitter spot up. He just blew their doors <laughs> off. He owns part of the company. Yeah. <laughs> just blew, just blew up his own, his own bag. Just yeah. dropped, the, dropped his own bag. Like, thanks dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like now it's like if you play a lot of arena, you can continue to play a lot of arena. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, and I don't know. Arena is just like seemingly three poorly curated slash balanced formats. Sure, I don't right, even I'm, know what arena is anymore. I, I mean, what like standard is still blah. Yeah, no one has said the word standard and magic in like a month. Right. Uh, Alchemy, the, the like the cards just like make no sense, uh, <laughs> and like some of them are just not well balanced. And historic is like, hey, here's the supplemental product. Much like modern, you must now buy the supplemental product and only play cards from the supplemental product. Yeah, I mean, in like you know, alchemy is the same way. Hey. These these alchemy specific cards, some of them are ridiculously overpowered and unbalanced. Yeah. How you would you like these. to have a two drop that's going to generate eight mana over the next three turns? That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I would much like that. <laughs> or um, oh gosh, the the two drop that is like, hey, like the the what is the the werewolf like? The two two that when it flips it gets double strike and like draws you cards or something. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Like hey, would you like some busted two drops? Sweet. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's so. Yeah, it's it's just it's sad, right? Like the SEG tour had done such a good job of developing players in mm-hmm. like both in terms of skill. And in terms of narrative. Right. Right. If I say the daddy. Right. You're like, oh, Kevin Jones. Yep. Right. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, we all know who Jim Davis is. And he like used to be a college radio DJ. Right. And like plays hockey. Right. Because of the SCG tour. Right. Right. There are all these team Lotus box. Mm -hmm. Right. Like existed for the SCG tour. Yep. Right? So there was all this stuff that sprung up around the SCG tour. And um, it just didn't like, like to see that all go away. It's like, it was, it was a good thing. Yeah. I think you could argue it was like, compared to the pro tour, it was kind of like the minor leagues. I mean, yes and no. Like, I remember having a conversation like in our group chat, like 2016 mm-hmm. about, you know, watching coverage on weekends and how like anything wizards does is a joke. And I would just rather watch SCG coverage like all mm-hmm. day long. I meant more in terms of like the only the very, very, very upper echelon uh, like, you know, 
maybe 10 to 20 SEG tour like grinders wherever like consistent pro tour participants yeah, true right like there was brad nelson who really wasn't a grinder right but like just kind of like cut his teeth on the scg score and came back and yeah. jerry yeah right but you know those people that were like in the player of the year race mm-hmm. they oftentimes didn't that didn't translate to like when they uh them going to the making the pro tour Right. Or like, you know, consistently doing well. Mm-hmm. And I know there's there are some like, you know, sneaky like top 16 finishes that they weren't top eight. And so we don't hear about them. Yeah. But for the most part, there was like, oh, the the people that come out of the woodwork for the pro tour, like if they if that field showed up to an SEG tour, right, like LSV would top 16 every event. Right. Right. Like just wouldn't matter. And but, so what I mean is like in terms of production value and coverage and building stories and narratives and players mm-hmm. like the SAG tour was like a plus. Yeah. Right. But was, the big, of... was the big leagues. But yeah. like quality of player, I think, yeah. was a step below the pro tour. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Wizards had the. You know the superior talent, but then didn't like market it well. Yeah, then couldn't capitalize on it. Now, if anyone's gonna like send uh, send this podcast to Zan Syed so he can come like dunk on me on Twitter and tell me how <laughs> bad I am at magic, right? Yes, you are a, like is this the equivalent of being an extremely good like a Heisman Trophy winner in college football? Yeah, and you're like you know a starter in the nfl but not not an all pro right right you're not bad at the game Mm. right but like when the pond got bigger and the talent got condensed yeah right you didn't you weren't like the the best of that next group you were still very good yes you can dunk on me you're still better than me (laughs) right but right like admittedly it wasn't like the people that were you know at the player of the year for scg it's not like you were like oh like this person's in in top eight or in like you know contention for day two or contention for top eight at the pro tour it often felt like the people that like you know the brad nelson's of the world played like significantly less events than other people on the scg tour Oh but yeah, smushed everyone when he was there, <laughs> and then sure. was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'll show up and like collect my thirty thousand dollar check at the end of the year." Yeah, because I played like fifteen events. Yep. And uh, well, that was a big thing one year, wasn't it? Where like there, I forget who it was, but one of the um, like GP circuit guys or Pro Tour circuit guys had played in a couple like Star City events early in the season. And then, like, didn't play in any more, like, the mm-hmm. whole rest of the season, but was in because he had done well and the few that he played in was in, like, contention for player of the year or whatever. And then Quick had to, like, scramble to enter an event, like, at the last minute right before the season ended to, like, qualify for player of the year race or whatever. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. Like, I want to say Ben Stark, but I don't think that was right. 
Yeah, he was, was Ben Stark. Well, I mean, Ben Stark was definitely at um, the uh, SEG thing that I qualified for. Yeah, he was definitely at that event at the at the beautiful Bergen Event Center. <laughs> Ugh. Right, but he was definitely there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it definitely so there there's definitely a difference in like player. But like, could mm-hmm. you imagine being like, oh yeah, like, and I know you don't follow sports super closely, but being like, I have no idea who the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is, but I know like four quarterbacks for these random college teams. Yeah. Because the NFL hasn't bothered to tell me who the quarterback <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys is, but these college guys, this, this man on the screen just tells me about like what this person likes for dinner every single day <laughs> and i know i know right. that the daddy kevin jones is a self-taught tennis player who got a scholarship to robert morris <laughs> why do i know these things because it was on his player card that i saw like four times a weekend yep and it's exactly. just exactly yeah and watsy is just like hey can you do like a terrible deck tech <laughs> in front of a big board i can yes i can Right, like they really relied on like players to, to like sell themselves. Yeah. Right, like you know the like when when LSV I mean, announced that, that was Chan- kind of like their whole mo with the, the MPL, right? Yeah, it was. We, we know, only want people that are streamers, and you got you got to stream. So. <laughs> yeah. Someone told Chad that streaming equals beans, so he yeah. wants to make all you guys streamers, bro, bro. You know how much money Amarath gets? Bro, get in the hot tub. Stream. <laughs> Mangucci, hot tub. Bring the scarf. <laughs> yeah. Bro, scarf pulls really well. Gets me lots of beans. <laughs> We're not going to pay you to stream, though. No. Scarf tub stream. Let's go. Yeah, so... So, yeah, I I, I just don't think that they, they did a good job with that. Because, like, you... Like the like pro tour moments that I think of, or like things I've seen in highlights, like when LSV had like the mustache and like the the aviators, the mirrored yeah. aviators, like those yeah. kind of things. Like it's not anything that like or like you know gameplay moments, but it wasn't anything that's like some wizard's thing, right? Right. So anyway, that's been a long me- meandering like. We went from Magic Online has moved homes. Cedric has moved new homes, both employment-wise and actual new homes. Yep. To uh, hopefully he was good at his job. Hope so. Hope so. And uh, yeah. With some wild speculation thrown in there. Lots of wild speculation. Yep. And me trying to cover my butt so I don't get uh, hate tweets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Zan's listening to this show, so I think you're safe. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I hope n- n- none of our listeners is like, "Oh, Twitter drama," because <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm not afraid to use the block button. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm almost. Right. I'm almost 42 years old. I don't need this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, as I pointed out to someone, like I turned 40, and then three weeks later, the world ended. It might be my fault. <laughs> probably is yeah it's been almost two years 
Yeah. Since I had a gathering in my home. Ay, ay, ay. So. Oh, all right. so you're the original super spreader. I am. All of you guys got COVID from my house. No, I don't think any of us got COVID that were at your house. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But like, if I'm the super, <laughs> if I'm the super spreader, that must, that can be, I can only mean one thing. Yeah. All right. So, with all of this, I think we have a show. I think we got a show. So, if you want to uh, give us some show ideas, please and thank you. You can tweet them at us at Casual Tripod. Or if you want to tag Zan so he listens to our show and calls Brian out, you can you can also do that on Twitter. <laughs> I just gave somebody an awful idea. Yeah, don't do that. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the there's no such thing as bad publicity, but there is. Yeah, there is. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can email us, show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. If you're looking to pick up any singles with some Christmas money, we would appreciate it if you used our TCG Player affiliate link to also give us some of your Christmas money. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a small percentage of to help keep the show going. And if you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg, where patrons get access to our show notes. So you know what we're going to be talking about before the show actually comes out. And you also get access to our pre-show which is kind of all over the place, completely unscripted, like never about anything in particular. But people seem to really enjoy it. So if you want to throw us a couple bucks on Patreon, you can do that, get access to all that stuff, and get put on my mailing list. And, oh, by the way, we got a new patron. Oh, I, we did. I forgot, I forgot to shout him out at the beginning of the show. Thanks, Dan. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to be awesome like Dan, throw us a couple bucks on Patreon and we'll shout you out too. Uh, we also have our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media if you want to come and tell us what you want to hear about. If you got any show ideas, if you got questions about a deck or just questions in general, um, hop on the Discord. A bunch of really cool people hanging out in there. So come join the fun. I think that's all I got for today. You got anything else? I don't think so. So with that, We'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.